welcome to uh, Apostolic Center Podcast, and we're so thankful that you've joined us today. We've got with us Pastor Levi Jensen, and evangelist, prophet, uh, Brother Scott Shelton, and uh, we're going to have a great time today, and uh, over the next few days, uh, you're going to be able to see uh, some of the things that we talk about, and really want to kind of focus in on... um, uh, a lot of the term apostolic is thrown around quite a bit and uh, sometimes when we talk about being apostolic the, the only thing that's apostolic about them is the uh, letters on their sign and so I wanted to uh, talk to these men they've both been mightily used of God and uh, uh, we just wanted you to kind of uh, just uh, check in with us and this is we're going to talk about things we talk about sitting uh, in the living room or around the dinner table, and so uh, let's 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 get started in with that today. So, you know, so uh, whoever wants to go first, what what is being apostolic? To you? What are what are the key principles, uh, Brother Jensen, Pastor? Oh man, I was really hoping you'd start this. Well. You hear the the uh, thing that everybody says would be that apostolics be an apostle like or like the apostles. Mm-hmm. So uh, we strive at our church at home to be a Book of Acts church um, because those were those were the acts of the apostles. Um, so in, in short version of, of that answer, I know we'll expound on that a little bit as we go, but I think the more that we are like the apostles were in the Book of Acts and not just uh, not just in what we look like and dress like, but also in what we do, what we yeah. say, how how our mindset works, what our vision looks like, and how we work in the kingdom and expand the kingdom of God. I think that's that's by and large being apostolic. I think some of the things that we tie to being apostolic, whether it be you know dress and all that, are byproducts of having a relationship with God that the apostles did, a relationship with Jesus Christ that they did while he was still on earth, and then um, carrying out what his mission was. Uh, that, to me, is, is is what being apostolic is, but this guy here knows a whole lot more about apostolic mm-hmm. ministry than I do. I don't know that I do. I, I'll agree with everything you said, though. I think we are... We are what we are by conversion, but to be an apostolic is not about just church. It's not about just how we worship and the things you said, but it's how we live. The scripture says that uh, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And I think when I think about being an apostolic, one of the things that comes immediately to mind is a person who is able and willing to be spirit-led in everything, not just in church, but especially in church, not just in life, but especially in life. If you cannot be led by the Holy Ghost because you don't know what the Holy Ghost sounds like, then you're going to have a hard time convincing me that you're an apostolic. And um, I think being an apostolic means you've got to embrace everything the apostles did, everything the apostles preached and taught, and everything the apostles lived and the way they ministered and if they didn't leave it out I can't leave it out right 
And so, to me, being an apostolic is being able to be led by the Holy Ghost and being willing to be obedient to whatever it is the Lord asks you to do. We can get into, and a lot of people do, get into all the philosophical perspectives of it. You can get into running down every verse of Scripture in the Bible, but I have a simple mind, so the way you guys have already summed it up is, in my mind, the easiest way to live by it. Live by it. Be an apostolic from the minute you get up to the time you go to bed at night. And whatever it is the Lord would ask of you, whatever it is the Lord would require of you, do it. Be obedient to God, period. End of story. And then you know you have led an apostolic life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, when I was thinking when you were talking, I, uh, I, I meant to, to bring my Bible with me, but I didn't want to seem to, uh, I don't know if you're supposed to do that on a podcast. So we'll, we'll act like we're, uh, we really know what we're, what I'm doing here. But one of the things when we talk about the Acts of the Apostles is, um, you know, here, here's the thing. When you talk about that, the, the Bible says that they said all that Jesus began to both do and teach. You know, this, you know, he was doing, he was doing, and then he was teaching. Yeah. So, you know, uh, he did something, and then he explained what the disciples would ask, or whether it was a parable or anything. And um, I, I, I think that the doing, you know, everybody wants the Pentecost. No one really talks about the prayer meeting right. before Pentecost. But without a prayer meeting, there's no Pentecost. So yeah. without being with Jesus, you know, and and knowing who He is, I mean, it it, it gets difficult. And so. Um, you know, it started. It started with a uh, with the prayer meeting, and out of that prayer meeting, then of course it spills out, and then Peter begins to preach. So, you know, I just I I think I think the doing part side of it um, is difficult, and I don't think we always when you talk about the Book of Acts, I don't think we always see. Um, we see some of the signs, miracles, and wonders, but really our people here are not being imprisoned like we look at the book of Acts. They're not being beaten sure. and then being sent out. Do you think that that's, that's part of the... I mean, not that I want to be beaten or anybody watching this podcast wants to be. But what I'm saying is, is yeah, they had tremendous uh, miracles, but it was, you know, it seems like a lot of it was out of persecution that caused them to live that kind of lifestyle in America. That's that's very foreign to us. I think I think that's true, and I think a lot of what we look at in the Book of Acts and say, "Well, that's apostolic." We're if we if we stop and think about it, the stuff we're saying that's apostolic is God's response to them. Yes. When we look at the, at the disciples, when we look at the Book of Acts, and you think about apostolic, you can't look at God's response to them. You have to look at their response to him. That's good. They lived their lives according to the laws of the land. They lived their lives according to the laws of God. And when the laws of God contradicted the laws of the land, they obeyed the laws of God, and God responded to that. 100% of the time. And so it's like, if you're, going to, if you're going to try to say, okay, well, what's an apostolic? Well, it signs, wonders, and miracles. That's God's response to us. Right. 
What is an apostolic? An apostolic is a person who lives an obedient life, period. It doesn't matter. And, and well, we're not being beaten. We're not being imprisoned yet. Yeah. But if we don't learn how to live as an apostolic prior <coughs> to persecution, there's a high possibility we're not going to be apostolic during persecution. Because right. <laughs> the scripture says if you can't run with, if you can't contend with footmen in the time of peace, how are you going to contend with horsemen in the swelling of Jordan? So when we think about apostolic, you can't you can't look at the signs, wonders, and miracles and all of the stuff that God did. He's He's just God. That's what He's going to do when we behave correctly. Yeah. And I think the absence of, of those supernatural things is a result of a lack of correct apostolic conduct on our part, the lack of correct apostolic lifestyle on our part. And the disciples in the book of Acts were not apostolic at home and something else on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. They, they were, if they were on vacation, they looked, lived, acted, talked, and dressed just like they did at home. Yeah. And until we're willing to do that, we we really don't have much of a right to expect God to respond to us like he did the, the early apostles. But if we want God's response, we've got to live apostolic lifestyles, which are obedient lifestyles, spirit-led, obedient lives, to give him something to respond to. Well, I think the, the biggest thing in talking about persecution in the book of Acts, what brought that was a lack of, of desire to obey God. I, I mean, whether you want to use the word desire or not, but they didn't obey God. They, they obeyed a part of the commission. They did stay in Jerusalem. They waited for power, for power from on high, and it, and it came. But then, you know, they evangelized Jerusalem like crazy. And persecution in the book of Acts originally came because they didn't do what Jesus told them to do. Which was there was there was other parts of that. It was Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world, and so persecution actually is what drove them out um, into expanding the kingdom of God. And I think that's a mirror image, even <clears throat> of them finally obeying what Jesus taught all throughout the parables, um, and and taught in his life in, in his earthly ministry when he was twelve years old. You know, his parents were looking for him. I must be about my father's business. It was. It was always about the kingdom. It was never about. Uh, it was never about. You know, even the people and, and, and that he healed and the relationships that he had. It was still kingdom driven um, to me. So, I think we do really well today, uh, as far as our expansion into. You know, we, we talked about global missions this morning at your house and some things that that we do really well as a church today in reaching beyond our borders. And maybe that's part of the reason why persecution hasn't come like it is. Um, but the flip side of that, what you said, is when we don't obey God in every single area is when persecution can come back. So I think that uh, I, I believe wholeheartedly that some of the stuff that you're starting to see, even with the church face, just the touch of it, you know, through the COVID stuff, that wasn't real persecution, but they started to no, see. No, but we felt like it was. Yeah, and we started to see the agenda, you know. Yeah. And I think that it is, I think God is, is behind more of that than what people want to give him credit for. We blame the devil for everything. I'm not, I'm not saying God brought COVID, but he wasn't surprised by it. Yeah. He wasn't shocked by it. He knew it was coming. And, uh, and, he, and he allowed it. And so 
if he allowed it, we have, we have to look at ourselves and say, why did he allow it? And I think that it has more to do – I think we've done well in the Book of Acts model of going to the uttermost parts of the world. Yes. I think that that relationship, being led by the Spirit of God in our daily lives and, and, and taking heed to apostolic doctrine and principles has been the place in today's church that we that it looks like to me we come up short and that may be the one thing that that leads to persecution is because I mean he's talked about it for years God drawing a line in the sand in the church of who you gonna serve who, who you gonna be you gonna are you with me are you gonna be about my kingdom are you gonna be about yours and so I, I think that uh, being apostolic is like he said it's it's fully committed to everything the apostles taught and did um, but I, that that's the primary focus to that to me is the kingdom it's it's got to be about the kingdom of God the expansion of the kingdom and souls and that's what it was in the book of Acts so I, I, at, at home I tell our church um, every, that every single day every every single encounter that we have with people it's not on accident like we either believe God's got everything in our lives, in his hands, or he doesn't. And if he does, then he's, he's, he orders our steps. And so I, I think that every conversation, every interaction we have with people, there is a purpose, a kingdom purpose to it. And so obedience and being led by the Spirit of God is vitally important in, in our life if we want to see the miracles, signs, wonders that they did in the book of Acts, because that's what they did. Acts 3. They're on the way. They're on the way to on the way to church. The, the hour of prayer. They're just on their way, and the guy that's been laying there forever. It wasn't nothing different about that day than the day before, other than they just recognize, okay, this moment, that something about this moment's different, and uh, that's where I feel like we might miss it more than anything is in our daily lifestyle. I think our I think our vision's great. I think our day to day being led by the Spirit of God is is where most people come up a little bit short and where I personally I try to get our churches if we're if we're gonna be apostolic we can't just do it and give it to foreign missions. We can't just do it and come into church and being faithful to the house of God. We have to be committed to my father's business like Jesus was, like the apostles were on a daily uh, basis. Does that make sense to you? hundred percent. I mean if you think about what their focus was compared to what ours is Theirs was the world. Ours is us. Yeah. <laughs> they they wanted Jesus to show up and do what only he could for the sake of the lost. We want him to show up and do what he can for our sake. And and it's like we they spent their money and time and effort and lives reaching the lost. Mm-hmm. The book of Acts converted 10% of the known world how many people do you have to actually talk to? If, if your conversion ratio is 10%, what does your contact ratio have to be? How many people do you actually have to come in contact with to convert 10% of them? 50%? 80%? I don't know. But for them to have converted 10% of their known world, and then, and let's just be honest, with all of the foreign missions giving and all of the stuff that we do to pseudo-reach the world, yes. and I'm not trying to be controversial, yeah. but what is our 
technology-aided life, technology-aided ability, what, what is our conversion ratio? Yeah. I guarantee you it's not 10%. Yeah. And if we think that we're going to, if we think that we're going to evangelize the world or he's going to do it through us without us getting involved on the street, at the barber shop, in Walmart, in whatever <laughs> store we find ourselves, then we're, we're the most naive people in the world. The disciples, the apostles, the early church, their focus, because they were just just immediately removed from his life on earth, their focus was exactly what his was. That's why they saw demonstration and manifestation of his power, like he did when he was among them in body, because their focus was what his was. You want a church that's full of miracles? Be a church that's that's soul conscious, that's primary burden and, and reach is the lost. Yeah. Then as a result of the flow of blood from Calvary in your church, you're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. God will do miracles before the first song ever starts to convince those 20 guests that there really is something supernatural here. There really is something. Uh, somebody will get out of a wheelchair to give them the ability to have faith in the doctrine that's about to be told to them so they can be converted. We want signs, wonders, and miracles so we can advertise it and be published in books and magazines. They wanted signs, wonders, and miracles so that it would convince the world we are the church, we are what you're looking for. Jesus is who he said he was. He is who he said he was. Thanks for tuning in to the Momentum Podcast from Apostolic Center. Join us for the next three weeks as we continue the conversation on being apostolic with host Pastor Shine and guest speakers, Brother Scott Shelton and Brother Levi Jensen. We hope to see you there.